Okay, my name is John Sam Steele III, but nobody knows that, but the hour is. <laughs> and everybody calls me Sonny. My parents started calling me Sonny as, as a baby, and everybody just calls me Sonny. I grew up in Philadelphia, Mississippi, back in the 50s, a long time ago. I'm Joel Waters, and my name is Joel Bill Waters, and Bill is after my grandmother's maiden name and I uh, grew up in Florence and Clinton and uh, that's pretty much it for me. My name is Swayze McGee Waters and yes my mom was a big Patrick Swayze Dirty Dancing fan <laughs> but it's actually a family name and you'd have to ask him for the details on that but uh, a maiden name uh, Swayze was a maiden name down the line on my dad's side that's but right. and so was McGee classic Mississippi name. So straight out of college, I started, uh, got to continue playing football. So I bounced around the NFL for a few years and never really stuck and found myself in Canada playing in the CFL, uh, adding that up for a total of nine and a half years, lived in about nine different cities, which means I got fired a lot. And uh, so we were always back here in Jackson in the off seasons and whenever I was um, in between teams. And so I found myself in those early years before I really got going with football, kind of working odd jobs here, but primarily football for that first decade and um, got into sports ministry um, about halfway through that. And now I serve as the Director of International Advancement for the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. We don't yeah, we're not blood kin. That's right. He, he wants to make sure that <laughs> hey, he doesn't want to hey. get tied blood. Paul Sam, they know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I think that is important. In our family, we don't believe in the word in-law. I mean, uh, I've got uh, two daughters uh, that are, you know, uh, wives of my two sons, and I've got a, a son that's the husband of my daughter. Uh, family's very important to us, and uh, so we, we, we believe, we take them on. Well, my father uh, died when he was 52. I was 26, and at the time, I thought that he was an old man. And, and when I turned 52, I realized he was just a kid. And uh, I always wanted to be like him. He was a businessman. He grew up very poor and uh, did pretty good in business. And I always wanted to be a businessman and just like him. I wished he was still here where I could learn more from him, but I learned a lot from him. Uh, he had a lot of wisdom. And uh, he taught me about uh, contentment, uh, about being content. There are people on the right side of you that, that, um, that have more than you'll ever have. Uh, three or four houses down, you, your, your goal's not even that high. And then on the left side, there's a few houses down, there's somebody that won't ever have as much as you have. So be contented in what you have. That doesn't mean to stop working and stop trying, but be contented in whatever God's given you. That, one of many lessons my dad taught me. And then being a father myself of five daughters, well, you can imagine. So uh, what a joy they are even today, grown and have their children, which are my 10 grandchildren. And from that, my 14 great-grandchildren, it's just been a really joy. All of them right here, most of them are right here in the, in the few mile area. So I've just been blessed so much and uh, I'm so grateful for it. Yeah, along that line, this isn't a question I know, but along that line, just, you know, I, I grew up probably taking a lot of the culture and the environment that 
first you and me, Ma, and then you and Mom created for our family is just, I mean, because it was my reality, I just assumed that it was everyone's reality. And as I've gotten older and I have friends from all different walks of life and different countries, and I see what most family dynamics look like, um, like I'm even more grateful now. When I was in the middle of it, I didn't even know what I had, you know. Uh, and looking back now, I'm so thankful for the sacrifices, you know, that that, that y'all made uh, to to have us to be able to grow up in a in a culture in a, that values family and mm -hmm. fathers and mothers and um, unity and um, you know the little things. Uh, it's like y'all always told me the little things are the big things, you know. And, right. and a lot of times I think it was like, oh, well, there was this one person or there was this one conference or whatever that changed my life and. Um, I think what I could look back now and say that now it's probably the thousands of times that we uh, went to eat catfish at Logan Farms or um, hit buckets of balls and all this stuff that that really shaped me the most. There's been some moments certainly that have been transformational, but um, I think that's what I'm most thankful for is that um, that it was like this combination of a million different moments, and that was just a. Um, I know now as a father trying to create that for my own family that it's gonna get even harder when they get married and have kids and then now great-grandkids and um, the commitment level that y'all both had to like prioritizing that over everything um, it's uh, it's made a huge impact in my life and that's something that Kendall and I talk about like we want to create that without idolizing our family we want to create um, a culture in our family where there's a high value on unity and being together. No, I think that's a good point. I think, uh, you know, my wife and I were, uh, everything has a plan and we were intentional about certain things and uh, in raising our children. We wanted to present a unified front to them in, in things, uh, you know, and where they would see us as not only a mother and a father, but as a, as a team, a parent. Uh, one of the things Swayze was talking about was uh, Ron Pope, uh, a famous baseball coach from Mississippi State, he has a saying, he said, uh, you never stumble over the large boulder, it's always the tiny pebble that you stumble over. And that is the thing where little things mean a lot. And uh, it is an accumulative thing, I think, uh, you know, uh, being a parent is not a part-time job. Being a husband or a wife is not a part-time job, it's a full-time. It's the best one I've ever had, uh, but uh, it brings a lot of joy. Uh, and, and, but, you know, at the same time, um, you know, um, you, wanna, you wanna make sure that um, you're consistent with those kids and, and, they, know, and they know that, because kids are smart. Kids are smart. Yeah, so I think, like, being a son, and having a present, loving father has, I mean, it's, it's really helped me to, um, to embrace this God of the Bible, you know, that because on, on earth here I've had this experience where I've had a, a father that loves me in some small sense I can taste a little bit of what that's like and then when I see this God uh, in, in the Bible that is that and a million times more. Um, this little bit of goodness that I've tasted in my dad and my grandfather uh, to know that, that God, the Father, is all that and more. Um, it's, you know, for me, it's, it's what's not to want. It's 
um, the best of all of our relationships and then and then more and um, and so I'm very thankful that I think you know I've got some friends who um, you know they didn't have fathers in their lives um, or they've lost their fathers or they have um, tough relationships with their fathers and for them in the conversations I've had you know um, this idea of God as a father has been tough and, and I, I've seen God use um, other men to step into that gap and to help them you know know the true father um, but I think you know that God has used my own father and grandfather um, to you know on this earth show me a little bit of what that's like and, mm -hmm. and then as a father now having a son um, maybe in a small way I could understand this unconditional love that the Father has for us in a completely different way than, than before I had kids. I think that's the thing, uh, you take a look at unconditional love. That's something I, I always have a saying, you know, what's it all about? It's all about love. And uh, I think that uh, I have tried to love unconditionally and not be conditional with my children and with my spouse um, because you know I mean Christ uh, our, our God and Father that, that has shown us uh, unconditional love and, and I need to do the same it's hard to do sometimes uh, you know um, I always have loved them not always liked them but I always loved them and uh, that unconditional love is is the goal and, and that's what I've tried to do with my family. I found uh, out just a few years ago that my great-great-grandfather was a Presbyterian pastor, minister. And before I found the joy of the Christian faith, that wouldn't have affected me at all. I wouldn't have cared. You know, great-great-grandfather, who, who I never knew. But now as I find the joy of the Christian faith, I'm, I'm proud and grateful, maybe grateful is a better word than proud, but grateful that he uh, maybe helped us as a family to know Christ more deeply. Yeah, and on that, I do, I wanted to say this, that, um, you know, in 2 Timothy chapter 1, Paul's talking to Timothy and he's talking about, um, like, hey, there was this thing that your grandmother had, and then because of that, your mom had it. And so for you, Timothy, there's this, like, generational, legacy of the faith and Paul's recognizing that and um, and I know like that the commitment when you were 48 you know and when you were at Curcio the the commitment that y'all made to Christ and to raise your families that way like I'm kind of I feel like Timothy that I, I'm a beneficiary of uh, what his mom and grandmother did in, in this way as a father and grandfather and uh, certainly our mother and grandmother as well but um that's always a verse like i'm unable to read second timothy one without thinking about my own family um and i know that that can happen for me one day i'll be in y'all's seats you know and my hope is that that um that i pass the faith on even though it's up to god you know it's planting and watering on my part but that i can in some way instill the goodness and the joy of the gospel into my kids and hopefully grandkids and great-grandkids one day. Well, what a powerful video. Thank you guys for being here. Maybe the first time ever there's, there's been two mullets on the stage, um, <laughs> but we're thankful to be here.
Um, would you guys help me welcome these three men? <laughs> you know, Swayze, you kind of have some of uh, that Patrick Swayze vibe going on a little bit. Thanks, Mom. Um, Mom, do you know where that scene was shot on the beach? Do you know? Lake Lure, North Carolina. I stood there with my family two weeks ago uh, on the beach where they shot that famous romantic scene uh, uh, right around Chimney Rock. Anyway, um, gentlemen, happy Father's Day. Um, honored to be here with you. Thank you uh, for sharing this with us. I know this is a special day for you and your families. Um, and this morning we're going to have this discussion. And as we work through some of these questions, I want to utilize three truths from God's Word and ask you about your relationship with God and also ask um, about your relationship with each other. And that first truth is found in Proverbs 15, 20. It says, a wise son brings joy to his father. And I'm going to ask uh, Mr. Joel and Mr. Sonny this question. What is a memory or a story of how your son brought you joy? Yes. You did say a wise son, right? That's correct, a okay. wise son. Yes. Okay. Well, <laughs> Think hard. I'll talk about you, Sam. Uh, uh, you know, growing up, I, I've got three kids, uh, and uh, uh, every one of them is different. They all have a different passion. <clears throat> and I tried to explore every passion they had with each one of them. And... Uh, with Swayze, it was, uh, <clears throat> he just, he was continually in motion, uh, wanted to play, and wanted to play all the time. It didn't matter what it was, wanted to have pets. It didn't matter what it was. Um, Kendall knows a little something about that. So that, that didn't develop, you oh, know, look, in his adulthood? I knew Kendall was the one when, uh, when they gave each other snakes for Christmas. I knew that was true love. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, Swayze, um, he kept wanting to play and play and play. And we'd say, okay, five more. We'd be throwing the ball. And we'd get to the end of five and he'd say, just one more. And you know what? That brought joy to my heart because it, it, he, it was never enough for him. He kept searching for, and he had, he had, he had pure love for it. And that, that brought me joy. Uh, every one of uh, my kids, like I said, had different, different passions. Uh, I tried to explore that with them. That's good. Well, God poured out his grace on me with those five daughters. I just love them to death. And they, I didn't have any sons, but now they have brought me a total between the grandchildren, the great-grandchildren, and the daughters, that, husbands that they married, I have a total of 19 sons now. So, uh, God, uh, well, I wanted, growing up, I wanted uh, some boys. I kept thinking I'd have a boy, I'd have a boy. And now I know uh, God poured out his grace on me with these uh, great, greats and grands. And I, I'm so proud mm. and uh, grateful for that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've got my oldest son is seven years old. And I've got a daughter who's five. And, and um, my youngest son is two. And we just had an event out here. I was talking to my son about responsibility, and he's the oldest, so he's got this unique opportunity to lead his, his siblings and, and to help them, to teach them. And, and so, uh, yeah, it's, it's a joy to watch, you know, our kids grow up and, and, and 
grow in wisdom and, and grow closer to the Lord, which is, um, you know, one of the primary responsibilities of us as parents, and it's a joy to our hearts when we see them living out the wisdom of God in their life. Um, that's good. The second truth found in Second Timothy 2, 1, um, the verse says, You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Um, and this question is for all of you, but how have you experienced God's grace personally? You know, so I, I'd love for you to talk about a time where you fell short as a father, as a husband, which we can all relate to, uh, falling short and missing the mark. Um, maybe you didn't have what it took to, to be the father, um, and, and so God met you in your weaknesses, and, and he gave you strength. So talk about us about failure. What, what does that look like? Yeah, I think, you know, the grace of God, that's the, I mean, that's the gospel. It's this free gift that none of us deserve, and in spite of our failures and everything, there it is, you know, it's, it's in front of us in Christ. And I think the story, like, while it uh, was beautifully put together and it's a celebration of kind of a legacy of faith that they laid for me, um, behind that, you know, there's, there is a lot of brokenness and some tough seasons and arguments and, um, you know, painful situations in our family. And, and I think that the grace of God is that um, that's not what we remember, that like, mm. Um, in his goodness that that's what triumphs you know is um, even in the midst of tough times it was like uh, we were they were pointing me to the father and um, in the midst of arguments it was like our love for one another trumped whatever this minor thing we were in an argument about was for the greater good and um, so I see that in the story and then also uh, see that like in my own failure as a father um, I see my son Tatum is right here, and um, I think as I've understood the grace of God in my own life more and more, um, it makes my failures as a father more evident, and so I'm constantly, it feels like sometimes on a daily basis, having to talk with Tatum and SJ and now Annalise about, um, hey, you know, dad dad messed up right there. Yeah. You know, I shouldn't have said that. I should have uh, taken a deep breath and, and given that a minute and been more loving to that person or I shouldn't have done this and and so it's an opportunity as I experienced it from God to to kind of model it and even in my own failure I think that's the grace of God is that we can elevate Jesus even in our weakness you know he's made strong in our weakness and I mean that's nothing but but grace good I think that uh you know growing up my dad was a coach and a principal and we lived on the school property and you know, when I think of uh, failure, uh, I think of sports. And uh, y'all did know that baseball is God's favorite sport. In Genesis 1-1, everybody knows what it says, in the big inning. In the big inning. So we've been dealing with this our whole life. So. Yeah. That's, that wasn't in the story. That's one of those things. Yeah, well, yesterday... Uh, you know, everything's a teachable moment. And yesterday, Tatum had a, uh, his first run at a being in a baseball tournament, mm. a big boy baseball tournament. And let me tell you, there was a lot of tears shed. And, uh, and the kids cried too, but the parents, you know. Uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, these kids got to experience failure. That's right. And it shocked them. And they didn't quite know how to react. 
and you know, one of the things that's great about baseball is it's a game built on failure, mm-hmm. just like life. It's, I fail every day. That's right. And you know what you do? You do what Paul said. He talked about sports. You get knocked down, you get up again. It's a race to be won. Mm-hmm. And that's the beautiful thing is to see these kids, see these people persevere. Because it's not, you know, there were, when, when Swayze played ball, there were a lot of people better than him. But, you know, he didn't quit. Mm-hmm. He persevered. And sometimes people can't take failure. And, you know, I went to southern Mississippi. We were lo- used to losing a lot. And uh, you learn from your failures. Right. And you learn to persevere. And I think that's an important part. Uh, I had a, a lot of failures uh, in my life. Uh, when I finished high school at Philadelphia High School, which I loved, I played all sports, had a lot of friends, I just loved it. I didn't think I needed to go to college. So I didn't, and I don't have an education, a college education. Uh, I wished I'd have gone. I had every opportunity to go. It was 100% my fault that I did not go. But God poured out his grace on me with a business partner, and several of them, that took me in and mentored me in business. And uh, we've been being his partners, some of us, over 50 years now. But God showed his grace to me through those guys that mentored me along and uh, the complex I had all these years about not having an education uh, kind of went away slowly but surely. And uh, I give God the glory, all the glory for that. Mm, That's so good, yeah. You know, we can all relate with failure and... um, and, and baseball is a game of failure, you know, and, and, and for me, you know, some of the most powerful moments in my parenting is when I look at my, my children, I say, you know, that wasn't daddy's best moment, and I'm sorry, you know, and, and, and God's working in my heart, and God's working in, in his heart, and I tell my kids, like, everything that's good in me is from him, right, and um, it's a representation of, of the goodness of God in our life, and and I ask my kids often, like, Hudson, where'd you fail this week? Let's talk about it. It doesn't have to be positive or it doesn't have to be negative. It, it can be a lesson to learn perseverance and, and, and trusting God. And, and so that's, that's awesome. Um, third, third truth that we have, uh, Philippians 4.9 uh, says, Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Um, so what are some, something you heard or, um, from your dad or saw in your dad that, that you put into practice, some, some things that have been passed down, wisdom that's been passed down um, from you guys? Yeah, there's, there's a lot, but one that I know anybody that's been in our family or friends or baseball for my dad is, he has the saying, you mentioned it in the video, what's it all about? Mm. And uh, as awkward as it was or as however many millions of times he told that to us over the years at the house or in a family gathering or a, uh, you know, a baseball game or something like that, he'd sit there until we all looked at him and said, it's all about love. And so that's for sure one of the things that I've taken with me and um, that you, you modeled it also you know, for our family. And, uh, but you said it over and over and over again. It wasn't like this one time in passing where you had a meeting with me one day in the eighth grade where you told me love was important, but it was this like steady, constant uh, speaking, the importance of love. And 
for Paul Sam, uh, I would say the word joy. Um, I grew up in the church, but I never really heard anybody talk about joy except for Paul Sam um, pretty much my whole life. Um, and he would just always be talking about joy, joy, joy. And I, I didn't really even know what he was talking about. Um, but as I got older, um, I started to see what joy was and understand it, not through some definition, but just through uh, the way that he lived his life. And um, so many times he'd come pick us up and we'd go fishing or something and we'd stop and get a, you know, there was a couple of things that were for sure. Like we were going to get some saltine crackers, some Vienna sausages, some potted meat, and, uh, and we were going to go fishing. And then he was going to teach us some songs about the joy of the Lord. And um, those are like, the, the memories that I have. And I think the, the great thing is that you, both of y'all spoke those over and over and over and over and over again. Um, but then you also modeled them. So there was this like, this verbal, you know, affirmation, but then there was this, um, this example that you, you lived it out. And those two things together over time, I think really helped shape me. Was that the bait y'all used? The pot of No, meat? that was, uh, it was this Mississippi we're talking okay, about. All right, so all right. that was our, okay, okay. could have gotten anything, try, Skittles right, or whatever. All right, try not to judge. <laughs> mayonnaise too, if we're going to be honest. I remember my dad uh, talking to me. He had a lot of integrity, and I appreciated that as a young 20-something-year-old before he died. A lot of integrity in business. And, and one thing he taught me is, said, Sonny, he said, don't ever lie. And I'll tell you why. You won't have to remember what you said later on. If you'll never lie, you won't have to remember what you said. And I've thought about that a lot of times. People tell a falsehood, and then later on, they don't remember which way they told it. So that was a great lesson from, from my dad. That's good. I think, uh, you know, growing up, um, we're all at one point embarrassed of our parents. Uh, I can remember when we were dropping Sam off at school. I was so proud. I noticed he kept saying, drop me off right here a little further back, you know, <laughs> until one day I realized he's embarrassed of me. And so I let him off and I kind of just glided down and I rolled the window down and I blew the horn and I had said, hey, Sam, I love you. We didn't have that problem again. <laughs> I realized I had turned into my dad you know you kind of turn into the guy you make fun of I turned into my dad and you know when I see my kids be great parents that's something it mm. really it touches me because that's your hope for them we've all got hope your hope is that they become great people Christians and great parents and, you know, that's important. We want them. That's our hope. That's Susan and I's hope. And, and it humbles me to see them emulate what they've been, been able to taste uh, through uh, Susan and I and, and my parents and, and the Steels. So that's, that's it. That's good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, our kids are so formative. And when we're intentional with what we do and what we say and, um, the things that we that we want to form them into, you know, we just we hope that they become grow up to be men and women who fear God and 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 seek after God's wisdom. Uh, you know, somebody has said before that uh, the first part of parenting is about correction, which is where I'm at in life. The second part of parenting is more about connection. Um, 
in those early years, you must, you must uh, disciple and uh, dis- discipline and correct and form. But then as your kids grow older and they're 18, 19, 20 and beyond, it, it becomes more about connection. It's ways you shared with me Friday evening on the lawn out here that you started something with your dad and your granddad to connect better with them, to connect more purposefully with them, to be intentional about that. Um, will you tell us about that? Yes, yeah, so I had a, a good friend in California, actually, that lost his father a few years ago um, to cancer, and there was about a six-month window between when they found out and when his father passed, and somebody had um, encouraged him to actually pick this book right here up. It's called Questions for My Father, and he spent the last six months uh, with his dad meeting very regularly and um, really kind of going deeper uh, on being intentional with uh, creating space to learn from his father um, and ask questions that he might have only known like the tip of the iceberg on um, and and also to ask questions that he's never asked like the hard questions or even just simple ones like um, this isn't a spiritual book it's not it's just a book about you know kids asking their father's questions and and we use it sometimes word for word sometimes we adapt it sometimes I come up with questions of my own but um, he challenged me. He said, hey, like, I wish I had done this, like, a long time ago and still, instead of waiting until, um, you know, the end. And, um, and so he shared that with me, and I, I got online, and I bought this book that day. And then uh, although we have a good relationship and spent a bunch of time together, I, I haven't been super intentional um, about that time that we spent together. A lot of it's just happened organically. And so um, I was a little bit nervous, actually, but I finally asked him. I said, hey, I'd love to start meeting with y'all maybe every two weeks go grab lunch or coffee and just learn from you just ask you a few questions and it's stuff as simple as like hey what was it like growing up in philadelphia in the 50s you know or um hey dad uh you were burned as a child what was what was that like what was how how did that go for you you know all those years you were recovering from that and some of it's you know hey do you ever think about death you know well Mm. What's your favorite Bible verse? It's, and so it's like I've known these things about them just organically. They've come up over the years or they've told me. But it's been like just the, and I thought I knew about it, but it was just like when I sit down for an hour and a half with them and I just, they know that's why we're there. And we, you know, we say, hey, tell me about this. I've got an hour and a half. I, I put my voice record on. I take notes and I'm just sitting there trying to, um, I think this is the greatest way that I've sought wise counsel mm. is just this intentional yeah. time. And um, like I said, prior to that, like I was still, it was, I was learning so much from them, but this, like a little bit of intentionality has gone a long way with that. And um, so, yeah, I would encourage y'all to uh, not necessarily have to use this book, but to, to try to create intentional time with your fathers and um, people that are important to you in your life and ask pointed questions because you'll, You'll really learn a lot. Man, that's got to be special. Mr. Joel, Mr. Sonny, what's that meant to you? Well, I appreciate Swayze doing that. I wish I had done that when my father was alive and my grandfather. I didn't ask those questions, simple questions that now I really want to know. When you're young, you just don't really care about what happened. But as you get older, then you you look back and you want to know what uh, different aspects of their lives. So I really appreciate Swayze doing that. Swayze will call and say let's go to lunch and I keep thinking he's going to buy me lunch someday and 
maybe after today that'll happen, but, but uh, we, we go to different places to eat lunch, and he'll pull out this book and ask these questions. It even makes me think, you know, about my past, and so I appreciate that he's done that. Thank you, Swayze. I think that uh, ever since, like I said, we've got three children. Every time we found out we were going to have, well, it wasn't we. It was when Susan was going to have the children. She made it real quick. that I, 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 I didn't uh, carry those kids nine months. Um, I think that we've loved them. We've prayed for them. We've loved them. We've prayed for the spouses of those children. Well, before we knew them. But, uh, you know, I, I think that love is given and respect is earned. And there are moments for every one of my kids. Moments, and they've been simple moments. And here's the thing you need to hear. Sometimes those moments were moments of failure. Mm-hmm. And you go, man, I really respect them. I respect that in them. Mm. And as a parent, that's your hope. So that's, that's it for me. That's good. That's good. Well, I've had the time of my life. Chris, let me say one other thing. Um, it appears that uh, that video kind of that we've pretty much got it all together. And uh, like perfect family, little family. We're, we're far from that. We have trials and tribulations just like all Christians and all people do. But we're able to handle those through Christ Jesus mm-hmm. and uh, by having a personal relationship with him. And we expect to have more trials and uh, like all of us will. And we expect uh, to, have, to handle them through Christ. That's good. To God be the glory. That's good. Well, um, thank you guys. Thank you, gentlemen, for being here. Church, would you help me thank these guys for being here? Lauren, Alex, you guys can make your way up as we, we close. Um, man, that's good. Thank you all for the video. Thank you for your time. You know, technically speaking, um, and if you would, go ahead and stand with me as we, as we close out. But um, all of us have a dad, you know, and, and some of us have a great dad, and some of us had a great dad. And for those two groups of people, this day and uh, this topic is very positive, but for many of us, it's not positive, and, and I even don't share this same experience that you guys share. Um, for many of us, this day, Father's Day, uh, days like this are some of the harder days, and um, maybe your dad wasn't there. Uh, maybe he abandoned you and your family. Maybe he hurt you. Maybe he hurt your, your mother. Maybe it wasn't his fault. He died early and his absence has left a hole, a hole in your heart. Maybe there's a wound and that pain shows up on days like today. And as you grieve today, I want you to know that your grieving is not alone. God calls us to bear with one another's burdens. And not only have I heard some hard stories in this church family, but I've got a hard story of my own. The prophet Isaiah identifies Jesus as the everlasting father because he would be the kind of father that we all crave. He's the one who sees, who meets us where we are and carries our grief for us. He atones for the sins committed against us. He is the perfect 
and present Father that we all long for or miss or never had. He's the one who met a slave woman and her son when they had been abandoned by her mistress and were languishing in the desert, expecting to die. Hagar is her name. And Genesis 16, 13, we get to hear her own words. She says, truly here I have seen him who looks after me. The reality is too many of us judge our heavenly father by our earthly father. It's time that we evaluate our earthly father by our heavenly one. And only when we flip the script like this can we begin to heal from the wounds and the disappointments left by our earthly fathers. We all can take comfort that there is a good and gracious God who loves us. He sees us. He sees your pain. He sees your grief. He sees your brokenness. He sees you and in his seeing brings healing, comfort, and light into darkness. 1 John 3, 1 says, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us. What a beautiful verse that we can soak in this morning. You are loved by God as Father. Another translation says, You are lavished by the love of God as your Father. As we close today, we can pause, we can rest, we can be at peace. We can thank God for how he has loved us perfectly, unconditionally, and to remember that every good thing in us is from him. So we can, we can reflect on that. And as you do, will you pray with me? God, we praise you for the privilege of being your children through faith in your son, Jesus, for the privilege of calling you father right now. And God, we pray that you would help us to know and to trust you as God, our Father. And may us knowing drive, knowing this drive us as men and women, husbands and wives, parents and singles together to pass down this gospel to the next generation. Because what we want most is for our sons and daughters to know you as Heavenly Father. We want more than anything for everybody to experience the joy of being children of a good and perfect father. God, we love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. As we sing this last song, the altar's open. We'll have some staff down here. We'd love to pray with you, to minister to you. Um, Come if you need.